0: Welcome to the Truth Wars podcast with Dr. Olin Stubbs. If this podcast has encouraged you in any way, we'd like to ask you to leave a review for Truth Wars on whichever platform you listen on. Now, here's Olin. All right, guys. Well, fun to be with y'all. Let me pray for us and we'll jump in here. Father, um, thank you for all the different ways that you take care of us and provide for us. Good friends, fellowship, Lord, good church, um, good food, great weather, uh, and most of all, Lord, we thank You for Your Word, Your Spirit, thank You for Christ and salvation. And Lord, I pray for these next few minutes together. As we look at this one verse from Your Word that I'm sure most of us, probably all of us have heard before, uh, that You would say something to us personal, Lord, You would illuminate the Scriptures, that You would apply it in our life. Give us something fresh uh, to slowly but surely be conforming us more and more to the image of Christ. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. 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 All right. If you've got a Bible, you can open up the first Peter chapter 3. If you don't, it's fine. Like I said, we're just going to literally look at one verse. Um, there's a lot of great verses in the Bible that talk about manhood specifically. Um, but to me, this is maybe the shortest, the succinct, maybe one of the top, one or two to just kind of boil it down. Keep it simple, stupid is one of my personal life principles. Uh, you know, make things simple in life so it's not too complicated. And Peter does that for us here. So, 1 Peter chapter 3, he starts out and he's primarily talking to the women and giving women and wives advice about how they should relate in a good marriage or even in a hard marriage. And he gives them six verses, right? And then he gets to the men and he's only going to give us one verse. And that's not shouldn't be surprising. Women tend to be a little bit more complicated with things. Men tend to be a little bit more simple, stupid, however you want to say it. So just one verse. Peter's like, hey, guys, I gave the women six verses. I'm just giving you one. Just work on this. So, likewise, husbands, this is First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay, so I just want us to kind of think about this verse for a little bit this morning together. I mean, basically he's saying, I'm going to give you some wisdom for weaker women. Wisdom when you're dealing with weaker women. Okay, now, um, nothing that we're saying this morning is trying to say that men are inherently better in every single way than women are, because that's not true. It's never been that way. Men have certain uh, strengths and gifts that in general women don't have as much of. And likewise, women have other strengths and gifts that men don't have as much of. And, and nothing that we're trying to say this morning is trying to say um, that men only are strong and women only are weak. This is not as much about exclusion as it is about emphasis, right? Now, even if you came to the Bible and you wanted to be as uh, liberal and postmodern and progressive as you could be, but still say, but I still want to take the Bible serious. This this verse is pretty straightforward, right? I mean. Peter is writing to thousands of different Christians who are scattered across the Roman Empire. He doesn't know most of them personally, but he feels confident, and and, and the Holy Spirit is writing this letter to billions of believers that will live over two millennium and saying to us, in general, when you take a man and a woman, you put them in marriage, the woman's the weaker vessel. Now, what does he mean by that? I mean, this is not very politically correct, okay? but you have to... I remember when I was in college... And I was first getting introduced to the idea of predestination from a reformed Presbyterian mindset. And I was on a Camp Starks Beach project, and I remember talking to one of the student leaders. I said, do you believe in predestination? Because I did not believe in it at that time. He said, well, I think the Bible makes a pretty good case for it. That's all he said. And I was like, well, that's a good point, because the word is in the Bible. And I definitely believe in the Bible. So if I'm going to believe in the Bible, I have to figure out what I believe about that verse, that word. I can't just say I don't believe in it. Same thing, if you say, I believe in the Bible, you've got to figure out, what do I think this really means? Now, some people, in the most minimum way you can interpret, they say, it just has to do with physical strength. That's all it's talking about. And certainly is talking about that. I think there are broader implications. But again, if you wanted to be the most progressive person that was still holding to the Bible, um... You know, imagine if I had gotten up early and gone to the gym before I came to this breakfast this morning. I didn't do that, okay? But hypothetically, if I had gone and gotten in a workout and, you know, just having a little breakfast and we're having a little chat. Oh, what would you do this morning? Well, I went to the gym. And I said, you know what? I was the only guy there. This morning there were like 20 women. And uh, you know what? I bench pressed more than all those women in the gym. You kind of like... We don't want you to speak anymore, right? That's, that's, that's such a stupid thing to say. Why would you brag about that, right? I had a, I had a push-up contest with a bunch of women, and I beat them all. So I, stop talking, right? Because everybody just... Listen, you can be completely atheistic and secular and just research those that in general men have 30% more upper body strength than a woman. So at minimum, that's what this verse means. But it doesn't make total sense that Peter's saying, you know what, hey men... Be understanding with your wives because you can bench press more. Okay. It, it almost certainly has some implications beyond that. Okay? That there are some inherent strengths that men have in general that God has gifted us with because He, throughout His Word, very clearly says, in the home and in the church, men are supposed to leave. Okay? Uh, you know, if, if there was some political race and you really thought there was a female candidate that had the better politics for our country than a male, vote for the woman. Women can lead great in those things. But God has specified in the home and the church men are supposed to lead. And it makes sense that God has gifted men in certain ways or certain strengths to lead. And so let's think about what does that mean, okay? Okay. Um, the best commentators when you read commentators on this verse they typically fall into three different things where they'll get real specific they'll say this is probably what he means and the first is this in your communication style in your communication style even if you feel stronger you should be gentle and patient and understanding with your wife now some of y'all know my wife some of you don't but she, she is a very strong very independent Very tough, very thick-skinned woman. She is not a wilting uh, wallflower. But uh, when we have had conflict, and praise the Lord we don't have near as much conflict as we used to, but when we used to have conflict and go head-to-head, okay, she would raise her voice, and I'd raise my voice too. And then at some point she'd raise her voice more, and I'd raise my voice too. And in my mind, I'm just matching her. But at some point she would start crying and run out of the room. And in my stupid, arrogant flesh, what I'd say is, you started it, right? You raised your voice first. I just matched you. Now, let's just be honest. Before God, does that excuse ever work? Mm-hmm. Hey, God, she yelled at me first. It doesn't work. And one of the things that I really struggled with early in marriage, and I've got to be honest, I still struggle with this one now, is I care so much more about the message than the method of how it was delivered. Does that make sense? She'd say, what you just said hurt my feelings. I said, well, what I just said was true. What are we talking about? doesn't work that way. okay? There's got to be a gentleness. There's got to be a compassion. Listen, tone of voice, body language, facial expressions, those things matter. And I like to tell myself, no, those things don't matter. Only what I said matters. The facts matter. But biblically speaking, go read the book of Proverbs. It has a lot to say about even your tone of voice, your facial expression. So... A gentleness, a patience, a kindness, an understanding. Listen, when Peter says live with your wives in an understanding manner, he doesn't mean you have to fully understand them, right? If he did, that's the impossible commandment in the Bible. (laughs) He's meaning you have to act as though you understand. You have to be trying to understand. You have to lean into understanding them. My wife and I were doing some pre-marriage counseling with a couple it's been a few years ago, and uh, we got to kind of the last meeting. I don't know, we've had maybe six meetings and covered everything, we thought. And so I just said, well, you know, anything else you all want to talk about that we had not talked about yet? And this guy's, uh, <clears throat> he's full of himself. And he said, yep, I got one more question. I said, okay. He said, I want to learn how to be an expert in women. And uh, I just kind of started laughing. I said, brother, give up that hope. That's for God only. I said, what you need to dedicate your life to is being an expert in one woman. This woman. And I promise you, that will be a hard enough challenge. And I was done. I wasn't going to say any more, right? Because I didn't want to get kicked under the table. But my wife was in a great mood that day. And so she said, the man's name, who I won't say, to protect the not so innocent. She said, uh, she said, and I'll go further. She said, that one woman that you're supposed to become an expert in, just when you start to think you've got to figure it out, she's going to change on you. And I just started saying, you know, <laughs> She said, we are a moving target. That's true. And so part of what it means to be a good, godly husband is I say, I want to live my wife in an understanding manner. I'm going to become an expert in her. And so in my communication style, I'm going to try to bend to her. There was an old Jewish proverb that says, if your wife is short of stature, bend low and whisper. And the idea is... Come near to her. Make it easier for her to hear you and understand you. Don't be like, well, why don't you stand on something so you get closer to my mouth in here? You be the one to bend. Okay, So communication style is a lot about how this should be done. Okay, The second thing would be, and again, this this is from several good commentators, because he talks about the weaker vessel. And if you're familiar with that word vessel, it also, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where Paul says, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you can control your vessel in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the heathen who do not know God. So sometimes the idea of a body as a vessel had reference to sexuality. And so one of the ways to live with your wives in an understanding manner is when it comes to your sex life. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to get graphic and give a lot of details here and talk long, but I I will say this. I had... I still have a great dad okay and he wasn't perfect but he did so many things right right he talked to me about the birds and the bees when i was a little kid uh in high school he mentored me and i could ask him any kind of question you know about girls and pornography and sin struggles and all that when it came time for me to get married here's here's all my dad said to me about sex it was a very short conversation sitting on a couch about like this he sat down beside me probably you know five days before i got married and he just said Listen, son, um, you get married, first night of your marriage, you can't take all this pent-up desire that you've had for the last 21 years and just unleash it on your wife. You're going to have to be patient and gentle and kind and kind of go at the pace that she sets. That's all I said. And I didn't ask much questions because I didn't want to have that conversation much more deep, you know, with my dad at that point. But you know what? That was great advice for a 21-year-old getting married. And I don't know about you, but for a 45-year-old that's still married, that's still pretty darn good advice, is that, right, I don't have to tell you this, we don't tend to think of sex the exact same way that they do. And I do think it's very wise, in some sense, to let them be more of a pace setter. Now, that, that's not 100% they get to control the whole thing, okay, but I'm just saying gentleness, patience, tenderness, and understanding manner of their bodies, of their thoughts and all that. Make sense? Okay now the third and this is this is more kind of my personal way to apply this verse is apply this verse anywhere in your marriage where you feel stronger and she seems weaker does that make sense and that will be different man to man i could give you several examples of how my wife is stronger than me she can run faster than i can you should be able to look at me and her and that wouldn't be that surprising okay when we play scrabble yes sometimes You know, we haven't done it in a while, but we play Scrabble on a date night or something. She's smarter than I am. She can spell better than I can. She has a bigger vocab. There are so many ways my wife is stronger than me. When it comes to eating and drinking and things, she's so much more self-controlled than I am. But there are some ways I'm stronger than my wife. For instance, if there's an important conversation that needs to happen, I don't care if I haven't slept in 48 hours. I can make myself stay awake and have the conversation. But if my wife has had a long, hard day, it doesn't matter what the conversation is, she can just fall asleep in the middle of the conversation. And that used to fly all over me. We're having an important conversation right now, and you're still all over. But that's stupid of me, that's arrogant of me. We're different. I shouldn't look down on her for that. In any way that I find that she tends to seem like a weaker vessel in our marriage, I need to use my strength to serve. So if I've said too much and you know, you're know you going to forget it all when you leave, just remember this one phrase, strength to serve. Anywhere, certainly in marriage, and I think you can apply this more broadly, anywhere that it seems that you're in a relationship where in a certain area you've been given more strength than the other person's given, been given, you should not use that strength to boast in it or to rub it in their face or to take advantage of them. You should use that strength to serve them. Does that make sense? Now... Even how you use that strength though, you have to be really careful and timely. And and there can be a ditch on both sides of the road of how you apply this. Let me just give a couple examples here. Um, My wife, some of y'all know, know, she's an only child, her mom lives in town, um, is is not in great health, and so my wife is the primary caregiver for her. And uh, some of her extended family that lives in different states that helps out, hardly not at all, They are quick to complain about how my wife is not doing enough or did the wrong thing. And it it really hurts my wife's feelings. She has a really hard time. And I'm real quick to say, let me handle your extended family. I'll be happy to handle. I will be in charge of all communication. My feelings aren't going to get hurt. Somebody else's feelings are going to get hurt. And I want to take it over because I love my wife. And my wife's like, I'm not... I don't know if I'm ready for the battle axe to come in quite yet. Can, can we try? So, in, in my flesh sometimes, I just want to force my way in. But I have to say, I have strength here. I think, I'm willing to serve you. But my service, even the way I want to serve, needs to be gentle, patient on her timetable and not me just ramming it down her throat and saying, I'm serving you now whether you like it or not. Again, there are rare exceptions in the marriage where you can play that ace of spades and say, God said I'm the leader, so even if we disagree, my ace of spades trumps yours, I'm taking over. But in my 23 and a half years of marriage, maybe I've played the ace of spades like that about five times. If you're trying to play that ace of spades like every day, you, you're not understanding this verse. Makes sense? Now, that 's the ditch on one side of the road trying to just aggressively take over any anytime you think your wife 's being weak she 'll probably resent you for it here 's the ditch on the other side of the road. that would be maybe kind of the hyper conservative ditch here 's more of our sweet, gentle, progressive ditch on the other side of the road. I have a buddy they're a godly couple, and they had a kid, a daughter that had a lot of medical issues and uh So a lot of doctor's visits, a lot of emergency room visits, different surgeries, different discussions with doctors and things like that. Uh, This guy, in many ways, is stronger than his wife. But like in every marriage, she has some strengths that he doesn't have. She's more articulate. She thinks quicker on her feet. Her mom is a nurse, so she understands medicine and doctors a lot better. She's a woman that has a female body. Their daughter is a little girl that has a female body, so she understands the female body better. And so they would get in all these doctor's visits, and the husband was trying to be the leader and be strong, but a lot of times he didn't, he didn't know what to ask. And so she's like, would you just let me do it? So he did. He kind of said, oh, she wants to be the leader. He backed out. Kind of let her leave. He thought he was being a great servant. She wanted to leave in this area, so I'm letting her leave. Well, guess what happened after months? She came back, and she was kind of emotionally bitter at him. You've kind of left me holding this heavy bag all by myself. And... Blah. and I think he was smart enough not to say this. I would not have been smart enough not to say this. like, you told me you wanted to lead. I just let you do what you wanted to do. There has to be a wisdom and an intuition to know when, even if the woman is saying, no, 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 I want to lead in that area. It's like, hey, baby, I love you. Can we kind of lead this one together? I don't know that you want to bear this heavy weight all by yourself. Does that make sense? Okay. So look for the times and the ways where you can use your strength to serve. Now, if you start trying to apply this in your marriage, like let's just say you know it's, it's early November, if you're like, okay, the month of November, my goal in my marriage is strength to serve. Every single time in any area, small or big, where I feel stronger than my wife, whether that's a physical, emotional, mental thing, whatever, spiritual, I'm going to use my strength to serve her. I guarantee you, At some point, you're gonna have this feeling in your heart. This is not fair. The balance of serving in our marriage is not fair. I've been serving her socks off lately. When's she gonna serve me? Supposed to be some mutual service around here, ain't there? I feel like I've been serving straight for three weeks. I've been doing all the stuff. I've been waking up early. I've been taking the kids to school. I've been coming home. I've been helping with dinner. I've been cleaning up the dishes. What's she do all day? I know she goes to work, but she don't go to work like I go to work. This is not fair. And listen, when you get there, just remember this. The Lord Jesus Christ sitting on a throne with all the strength in the universe. And these little wicked, weak rebels fighting him. But he said, I'm going to leverage my strength to go serve them. It's totally unfair. They don't deserve it. But for us, it's not less than fair. It's better than fair. Because he said, I will go use my strength in a sacrificial way to save their souls by taking the wrath that they deserve. And when I kind of bring that truth back into my heart, when I'm getting frustrated that I think the balance of serving is not fairly weighted, I'm like, yeah, it's not. maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. But who cares? Because at the center of the universe, more importantly, at the center of my salvation, was an unfair sacrificial servant that gets me into eternal life. And so I ought to be happy and glad to turn around and replicate that in my marriage. And that's really what marriage is supposed to be about, right? A little picture of the gospel. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Truth Wars with Dr. Olin Stubbs. If you have any questions for Olin, please email him at Olin.stubbs at campusoutreach.org.